I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Welcome to News Du Jour. You may be wondering, why am I, Annie Bowles, here hosting this podcast? I usually start by telling people I'm a political baby. You see, my parents met working on Capitol Hill. By the time I was two, I had been in my first political commercial and even got lost crawling around the West Wing. Don't worry, Al Gore found me. My family then moved abroad when I was nine, and I attended an international school in Brussels with kids from all over the world, and it is this type of global perspective that I also bring to our show. I graduated from American University in D.C. after studying political science and art history, as well as interning on both sides of Capitol Hill. I even interned down the hall from where my parents met. I'm now pursuing a professional certificate in journalism at NYU in conjunction with Rolling Stone magazine. I guess I was always that friend in the group who cared deeply about not just what was going on politically, but also globally. I often kept my own friends informed through high school and into young adulthood. So I guess I've always done a version of this show. I'm genuinely passionate about following the news, and I'm here to break it down for you guys every weekday. We always strive to be a calmer space to get your news, or as one listener put it, like getting your news from a well-informed bestie. I'm so glad you're here. Hey guys, happy Tuesday. If you missed our big announcement on yesterday's episode, I would really encourage you guys to go back and listen. We spent some time talking about Senate Bill 1470 that I am helping to sign my name alongside and champion through this podcast, through my platform. It is a bipartisan domestic violence related piece of legislation. It's very important and it's something that really, really matters to me as part of kind of the true crime community. I listen to a lot of true crime shows and this piece of legislation just hits so many different uh sort of tenants of stories that you hear over and over again, whether it's stalking, domestic violence, even, you know, murder cases. There's a lot of themes that are touched on within this legislation. And very soon here, I'm not going to put a date on it, but very soon here, we're going to be having a deeper discussion with the authors of Senate Bill 1470 to dive into the specifics and the timeline of everything so that I can really take you guys along with me on this ride of getting a piece of legislation passed into law. And if it's not this version, it's going to be a future version, but we're going to pass some version of the Oklahoma Survivors Act. Right now, it's Senate Bill 1470. And so I'd love it if you guys would buckle up and go on this ride with me. And maybe there's a piece of legislation you've wanted to see passed in your state or here in Oklahoma. And now you can get a sense of exactly what it takes to pass a bill into law. So 
Anyway, I thought this would be a fun ride for you guys to come along with me. And again, listen to yesterday's episode if you want more details. We also have tons of calls to action in yesterday's episode, but the petition link is in our show notes. If you didn't have time to yesterday, please sign the petition in favor of the bill. And there's tons more resources there where you can read the exact bill. You can, you know, contact your legislator, you know, tons of things. So anywho, without further ado, though, we're going to go ahead and get into today's episode. I wanted to start off by telling you guys about King Charles's cancer. So it has been formally announced that King Charles III had been diagnosed with cancer and is currently suspending his public engagements for the foreseeable future. Of course, when I saw this headline today, I immediately thought it's prostate cancer because he was going in for an enlarged prostate recently that they announced that, Um, but that's not, as it turns out, what this is. Buckingham Palace did not release many details on what kind of cancer the king has, except that we do know that while he went under treatment for an enlarged prostate, there's not actually prostate cancer. However, a spokesperson from the palace said, you know, it's not prostate cancer, but it's a different type of cancer that was found during that procedure. A little bit confusing. But okay, they did also report that the king began treatment on Monday. Here's exactly what the statement said that they put out to the press. Quote, During the king's recent hospital procedure for benign prostate enlargement, a separate issue of concern was noted. Subsequent diagnostic tests have identified a form of cancer. His Majesty has today commenced a schedule of regular treatments during which time he has been advised by doctors to postpone public-facing duties. Throughout this period, His Majesty will continue to undertake state business and official paperwork as usual. The King is grateful to his medical team for their swift intervention, which was made possible thanks to his recent hospital procedure. He remains wholly positive about his treatment and looks forward to returning to full public duty as soon as possible. His Majesty has chosen to share his diagnosis to prevent speculation and in the hope that it may assist public understanding for all those around the world who are affected by cancer. End quote. Except what's kind of funny is he didn't really share his diagnosis because we don't know what he's diagnosed with. I guess, you know, they mean cancer. But anyway, kind of an interesting (laughs) turn of events. Anyway, it's also crazy how Charles waited for so long to wear the crown. He was actually the longest like waiting monarch in history in Britain. And now that his time is here, he's too sick to serve. And it's only been 18 months since his mother passed away and left the leadership role to him. And now Queen Camilla and Prince William are left in the primary leadership roles because Princess Kate is also facing health issues and she's, you know, paused all her public duties. And Harry has recused himself to Montecito. (laughs) And actually, there was a third medical issue within the royal family that I wanted to let you guys know about because it was part of this article. It's not making as big of headlines because it's a little bit more, you know, in 
the extended family, but Prince Andrew's ex-wife, who remains Duchess of York, was diagnosed with melanoma, and she is undergoing treatment for that after fighting breast cancer in recent years as well. So there's a lot of ailment going around within the royal family these days, hoping everybody has the best possible outcome. And then I wanted to touch on the Grammys. So you guys know I kind of spitball when it comes to award things. I have like, you know, some bullet points. But I wanted to chat a little bit about the Grammys and some notable wins. So Miley Cyrus won her first Grammy ever, which shocked the hell out of me. I really didn't realize she'd never won a Grammy. You know, she's had so many like mega hits that I figured she'd at least won something, but apparently not. And I think she won two last night. Don't quote me on that, but I believe she took home two Grammys in one night. And then I wanted to note that Victoria Monet won a Grammy for Best New Artist. I absolutely love her. I love her aesthetic. I love her music. I loved that she won this award. So bravo to her. And then Taylor Swift, of course, won her fourth album of the year award, making history as the first person to win the title four times. And then (laughs) I feel like the women really swept up. It was a night for the girls and it was kind of time for men to step up their game. And to that thought process, Killer Mike won three awards and then he was arrested after the show. I don't have a lot of exact details when it comes to this situation, but what I heard or what I gathered from multiple very vague news stories is that he was in some type of altercation, maybe at the beginning of the show or outside of the show, and the police basically waited until he had won his awards to then escort him out and arrest him, and the Grammys, you know, pointed everybody to the police for questions. So, wow, what a crazy night. And then I wanted to touch on the Jay-Z of it all. So apparently when Jay-Z was winning an award, he wanted to note that many different black artists, you know, deserved titles in his eyes that they haven't been given credit for. And he sort of made a nod to his wife sitting in the audience that she had never, she has won more Grammys than anybody else, more awards, but has never won album of the year. And that is kind of crazy when you think about it. And if you look at who she has lost to when it comes to like Lemonade, Renaissance, like it is really hard to argue that the people and the albums she lost to were more culturally relevant than Lemonade or Renaissance. I mean, those were very like formative, um, very huge cultural moments. And I doubt anyone even really remembers who those lost to, but we remember those. Anyway, it was an interesting comment, but a lot of people obviously are having Kanye West flashbacks because, of course, Taylor won album of the year this year and she's won four. And so it was kind of it almost felt like a dig at Taylor, even though he didn't reference Taylor. And it almost felt like the Kanye West moment in the sense of Taylor is winning an award 
and someone is saying it should go to be a rapper is saying it should go to Beyonce. So there was a lot of like overlap in the themes of the two events. However, Jay-Z was winning an award. It was his time to talk. It was everybody else's time to listen. Whereas what Kanye did to Taylor was obviously out of line. It was her time to talk and it was his time to listen. And he went up and stole the mic out of her hand. So very different situations in a lot of ways, but definitely some overlap. I would be so interested to hear where you guys fall on this. Uh, I definitely think it's a nuanced subject and it's a very interesting one. So DM me, email me. I love hearing from you guys. Also, I read from one of my messages that you guys, somebody saw me recently and didn't say hi. And let me just tell you, I will be so much more offended if you see me and don't say hi than if you see me and do. I always, always want to see you guys. I want to hang out in real life. I want to connect in real life. So please always say hi if you see me out and about. Anywho, for our last story today, the California rains. I did want to issue a brief content warning here. This story involves a deadly natural disaster. So in Southern California, a place known for being sunny, powerful rains have been sweeping through the area, causing floods and mudslides right in the middle of award season. About half a million homes are without power, according to poweroutages.us at the time that I am writing this, recording this, and the rain is actually set to continue as of the time I'm recording this. Approximately 11 to 14 inches of rainfall happened yesterday, which to put it into perspective, 14 inches is about LA's total annual rainfall, but this time all of that would happen in a single day rather than over a year. Yes, the amount of rain that has already fallen as of the time I'm recording this surpasses a century-old record for rainfall on that date, according to the National Weather Service. Guys, people want to say that the climate crisis is some type of a government hoax. No, This is not a problem that the government actually has solutions for you guys. They have no benefit to this. The government can't make catastrophic rainfall happen. The government can't make extreme weather happen all over the globe. The climate crisis that has been reported by climate scientists for years and years and years is upon us. The LAPD and fire department had to rescue people from their homes and began marking certain homes with red that are not safe for people to live in anymore. People were killed by downed trees and had to abandon their cars in waters too deep to drive through. As we have always emphasized, the climate crisis will affect those without means and without resources the most. We can choose to let a crisis like this bring out the worst in humanity or the best. So as this crisis unfolds, let's look for ways to help one another, whether it's physically, financially, emotionally, or otherwise. We are all in this together, and the only way we're going to find answers is by working together. And that is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, My soul whispers that it wishes to intertwine with yours. So when the tides of life come crashing, we are one inseparable. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on that platform or a shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us to be able to keep creating the news du jour and reach more people who need a calmer space to consume the news. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugar free media. And that is also linked in our show notes. You can follow us on social media at newsdujour.podcast on both Instagram and TikTok. You can follow my personal account at it's Annie Bowles on both platforms as well. Any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup. He has a little separation anxiety and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from Oklahoma.